You're listening to the Loose Cannon Comics Podcast. Check out Loose Cannon Comics on Instagram, SoundCloud.com, and iTunes. Also visit our Loose Cannon Comics YouTube page. Now, two men... No, I don't want to read Say it. And now, two men who have no idea how to please a woman, Tony and Eric. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to another installment of the Loose Cannon Comics Podcast. I'm Eric C. I'm Tony B. And we are with none other... Than the squatting slob from YouTube.com. Well, actually, that's why you're on the show today. It's a, that's a little fuzzy. What's been going on, Slav? Hey, hey, guys. Thank you very much for having me on the show today. Uh, nice to hear from you again. Yeah, man. Great to have you. Thank you, thank you. I actually just came back from, uh, from my trip in Serbia last night, so I'm completely jet-lagged. Um, what were you doing out in Serbia, other where, other than wearing track suits and just uh, lifting heavy objects? Ah, uh, you know, a lot of drinking <laughs> and other and other very productive things. Yeah, story of my life. Yeah, drinking and drinking and uh, you know some drinking. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, well uh, all the class- how is it over there in Serbia? It's 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 wonderful. It's wonderful. I mean, I have all my extended family there, and I was just there for uh, a month and a bit. Uh, visiting otherwise i mean it's it's beautiful people are extremely friendly it's much cheaper than it is here in north america for everything and uh, i love it i love it no complaints well that was the thing i always as a kid when you would buy a comic in the united states you'd always look on the back mm-hmm. and it would say like five dollars us 625 canada i always think as a kid i'm like i'm not moving to canada you gotta pay a dollar 25 extra for everything the fuck <laughs> It's like a choice. Like I'll go for the five dollar one. Thanks. Yeah, I think I'll just stay in the continental United States. Um, but listen, <laughs> we got you on the show today because there's been uh, there's been a lot of shit going on with your YouTube channel. And for anybody that doesn't know who Slav is, either you're under a rock or just don't watch YouTube. So Slav goes around and he interviews snowflakes, and he doesn't uh, he doesn't get in their face. He just asks questions, and people flip out on this guy because he looks like Ivan Drago's stunt double and he could be a little intimidating, but he's not an intimidating guy. But YouTube tried to intimidate you somehow. Why don't you tell the uh, fans about that? Yes. So uh, in the month of July, I actually put up this video um, of myself at this Black Lives Matter rally that I attended. Now, this rally was organized by the Black Lives Matter community here in Vancouver, Canada, and it was called the March on Pride. And essentially what they were protesting uh, for some crazy reason, which I don't understand, is the police participation in the uh, in the pride parades. Now, uh, as usual, you know, I went to these things just to ask people questions and find out more about, uh, you know, this strange event. And uh, there was a lot of, you know, Black Lives Matter people there. Uh, there was quite a bit of Antifa there as well. Obviously, they got in my face, threatened me a little bit, you know, uh, the, the, the usual stuff. So I put that video up, and at first it was very slow in terms of views. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it got shared somewhere or what happened, but the views just went, you know, it, they sped up. And in about, you know, a week, it hit about 200,000 views. And as soon as that happened, I received a notification from YouTube saying that the video was uh, essentially removed for violating their hate speech community guideline. So... That was the first strike that I received on YouTube, and that was back in July. And naturally, I uh, I, uh, I appealed this strike, 
but uh, but YouTube didn't reinstate the video. So there I was with one strike, and uh, it was it was crazy because this video literally had you know no hate speech in it or anything even remotely close. It was just a video of me asking people questions. So I was quite bewildered by their decision to take it down. Then when I went to Serbia, I uh, I took the opportunity actually to speak to some of the migrants that are sort of stuck in Serbia at this moment, who are looking to go to France and uh, and Germany. So I, I put up a video of myself interviewing some migrants, and then I got my second strike. Oh, migrants from where? Syria? Uh, well, yeah, I thought you know I thought they were from Syria, but it turns out they're all from Pakistan and Afghanistan. Okay. So. That that video was a little bit revealing in itself, in that it really exposed the fact that you know these are all men coming in uh, from from these countries, other than Syria, you know, as far away as Pakistan, and they were all men between the age of you know 25 and 40, with absolutely no women and children. I saw maybe one family, uh, you know, of women and children, but that's besides the point. So I put this video up of me interviewing the migrants, and boom, I wake up the next day, YouTube's telling me that. Uh, this video is taken down as well, and that uh, that I violated the community guidelines for hate speech again. Now, once again, there was nothing even close uh, to, to any kind of hate speech or discrimination in the video. There were some edgy comments on my end, but nothing that would made it that kind of Real strike. quick, Slav. Again, this is, this, this yeah. is the same organization that allows beheading videos from ISIS to stay up as long as they want. Exactly. Exactly, and this is the same organization. This is the same YouTube and Google that allows for, uh, you know, videos of Black Lives Matter uh, to stay up on YouTube, where they're talking about killing white cops and, you know, uh, sort of initiating violence against whites. Now, uh, at, at this time, when this happened, when I got the second strike, I was already sort of in hot water because, as, as you may know, with YouTube you get three strikes and then you're out, then your channel gets taken out. So I said, okay. This is my second strike. Uh, you know, I'll sort of stop uploading for a moment, for a few weeks, let things cool down. Now, Slav, as this and, is going uh, on, are your are your subscribers and your hits continuing to go up? No, no, because you have a channel yourself. You know, as soon as 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 soon as you stop uploading on a regular basis, everything goes to shit. You know, you have to upload regularly for the subscribers to. Uh, to keep going, you know, at one point I was getting, you know, 500, 700 subscribers a day, and then I was getting 100 subscribers or less once I stopped posting. So, you know, you have to you have to stay regular, and this really impacted my channel uh, when when I got these strikes because I was essentially unable to upload. YouTube also gave me a two-week uploading ban, so I wasn't technically allowed to even upload any videos. So this is an indirect now, way to throw you to the bottom of the algorithm basement. Um, by putting by putting these copyright infractions on you, I've, I've had the same thing happen to me, and I'll talk about That's our it. tales with YouTube. But um, the, you know, they shadow they shadow ban you, and I noticed that was a term that you're using on a lot of your Instagram posts and a lot of your social media. Yes, and it seems like the fans yes. are very uh, keen on what is going on, and they're very well informed because either you keep them informed or just it's word of mouth, and people know because people love your YouTube show and people love what you do. Mm. So what happens is, so they hit you with the copyright. So it's kind of like, it's like, you know, you're on a balance beam and they just tap you in the shoulder a little bit. It's like, yeah, you're still on the balance beam, but now you're a little wobbly. And then it's like, oh, exactly. you don't like that? Exactly. Boom, we hit you again. Now, who the fuck is they? But that's the question I want to ask too. Do you think in your opinion, based on what you've seen, do you think this is is the doing of somebody, uh, you know, a subjective authority figure 
within maybe YouTube's domain that's making that decision as to what's okay and what's not? Or do you think this is telling of some larger violation of net neutrality where, you know, they're right. deciding whose voices are going to be heard and what, you know, viewpoints they're going to tolerate, quote unquote, of course. Right. So I'll get to I'll get to that in a second. That's a very interesting question, actually. So just to backtrack a bit. So after the second hate speech um, strike, I, I, I put up a video called the red peeling of PewDiePie. Now, that video was going kind of slow at first, and then all of a sudden it picks up again and, you know, it hit maybe 100,000 views, uh, you know, in a week before my channel got shut down. Now, PewDiePie, as you know, is the biggest and most popular YouTuber who recently, in the past few months, has really been, you know, sort of getting red-pilled and sort of talking about uh, subjects that he wouldn't usually talk about. He's, a, he's sort of a gaming and comedy channel, but recently he's sort of been uh, delving into politics and, you know, critical thinking. And he's, you know, he's really... Uh, He's really uh, announced his displeasure with YouTube in the last few months. So I put up that video, and as soon as I put that up, I, I think that was the last straw because the last the video I put up after that was one where I was essentially just mentioning my Patreon account and saying that uh, you know people can donate to the Patreon account if they like the channel. And bam, that's when YouTube hit me with the final copyright strike and essentially shut down my channel. Now this was complete bullshit, considering the fact that. What was their you explanation know, sure of that? Yes, I'm sorry to cut you off. There's a little bit of a delay, but uh, how they how what with the third strike? What was their actual um, what was their wordage on why they a copyright infringement or? No, the third strike was uh, the, the the Patreon video was uh, marked as spam, so it was a community guideline strike for spam and deceptive practices, which once again is bullshit because a million other channels have the same video where they announced their Patreon. So, so you posted somebody like else's they, YouTube uh, video, uh, just to dumb it down for people. So you posted somebody else's YouTube video where everybody does that. I mean, guys have really successful um, uh, mm -hmm. YouTube pages just reposting uh, Joe Rogan's podcast all the time. So it's allowed to be done as long as you're not making any monetary means off of it. No, no, not even, not even, I didn't even, I didn't even repost anything. I, I made the video myself where I was oh, saying, hey, gotcha, I, gotcha. I, I have a Patreon. I was, you know, I was sort of uh, announcing my own Patreon. I wasn't even, uh, I wasn't even uh, taking anyone else's video. So this was marked as spam, and then my channel was taken down. And of course, uh, this was this was crazy. This was crazy because, uh, you know, like I said, a million other people have the same video. Why me? Why would you take my video in particular and take it down? And then what I saw, somebody actually tweeted this to me was that a group of people had been organizing collectively uh, who were deliberately trying to take my channel down. So this group of people was collectively going on YouTube and flagging my videos in an effort to take them down. And no matter what kind of material I released, you know, whether it was political stuff or even, you know, uh, a unicorn shitting out the rainbow, they would go out and essentially, they would essentially go out and, and flag it. So that's what happened. I think there was essentially a group of people who 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 deliberately flagged every single thing that I released, and of course, once you know enough people flag it, it passes some YouTube threshold, and then YouTube reviews it, and the chances are that it will get taken down, especially if you have multiple strikes. So this is what happened, and it and it really pissed me off because I even provided proof of that to YouTube. I showed them that you know. Uh, people were calling me a Nazi and saying that, oh, I have two more, I have one more strike left. Let's take down the channel, blah, blah, blah. Well, this is going to be interesting when we post this on YouTube 
for one of our first videos mm-hmm. uh, on our new channel, Loose Cannon Comics. Um, <laughs> it's going to be uh, quite interesting. Uh, YouTube bans uh, squatting Slav. And now you're uh, – you, see, this is the thing. Um, uh, we've had – me and Tony have had our troubles with YouTube, like as I've said. So it's pretty much like this, is you have no control over your product, over your artistic integrity, over who sees your video, when they see your video. Uh, we were we made some funny videos. Now, I don't know if it's just, you know, we tried all the tricks with the tags posting on a regular basis and a lot of stuff, and we'd only get like 125 hits on a lot of our stuff. But we were promoting, you know, the videos that we were doing is Bruce Jenner's used cars, where we're making fun of transgenders, you know, uh, where we did the Poober app, where it's the first transgender bathroom to be sent directly to your location. Um, you got to remember the headquarters of Google is in New York. I've been there. I've been to the headquarters at YouTube. And I've met the people right. that have worked at YouTube. Um, and everyone, it's one of the most liberal, uh, not everyone, I can't paint with a broad brush, but it's one of the most liberal cities on earth. I live in it. And mm-hmm. the people who work for Google, on more on average, are very liberal people. So I'm assuming right. that a human, this isn't a computer, a human actually has to look through your posts and your shit to see if it's cool or not. And to see if it actually meets their guidelines to go on. So who's actually watching that video? People that are hired by Google. Now, who runs Google? They're all liberals. Yeah. So I would assume that they're going to be hiring some progressive young people of a very diverse background that may not see eye to eye with squatting Slavs. So now you're having this mm-hmm. shadow government of Google looking over. We're doing comedy here. You know, like the, it's it's a lot different than what you're doing. We're doing comedy. So uh, it, as far as comedy goes, nothing should be off. Nothing should yeah. be off, yeah. off limits. And let's be honest, too. I mean, there's no real within the sphere of comedy. There shouldn't be real any real concrete foundational offense or insult because there isn't any. It's not like you're setting out to say, listen, I'm going to target this one particular racial group or religious sect or ethnicity. And we're going to try to find a way to ridicule them and destroy them. You're just making people mm-hmm. laugh. So yeah. I think it becomes a subjective thing about how easily offended you are once you become offended by that. Now, secondarily, yes. I'm also looking at this too. You look at the internet as a whole, as a construct. You know, you look at YouTube or Google or something. These are companies. These are companies that make mm-hmm. products, and they, they are private organizations that decide what products they're going to offer, what products they're going to promote, and what products they're going to create, and etc. The internet is not mm-hmm. a private company product. The internet is a is a... A construct. It's an ecosystem that a lot of things use. And the reality of the matter is, the okay. eco- the internet you use and you know is actually the smallest aspect of the internet. The largest aspect of the internet is the dark web, and we know a lot of very mm-hmm. bad things go on on there. So, huh. in in essence, the, the the things we know, we know YouTube, we know Google. You know, these are household terms. But the things you experience mm-hmm. and the artistic expressions you experience within said household constructs are controlled because it's a private domain. So the, the the thing you're seeing from my point of view is you're almost seeing in modern day America, you know, in the, in the industrialized world, a form of cultural mm-hmm. eugenics where they decide yes. what aspects of expression are acceptable and which ones aren't. And it goes through the filter and people are, are, are just being exposed to a certain small microcosm of people's cultural and artistic expressions. Yeah, and you know what the thing is, is that <clears throat> getting back to my point is, you, you 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 know, hey, listen, man, I've done it. I've been there. I've I've edited video for twelve hours, and and mm-hmm. I've you know I've worked on a I've worked twenty four hours in two days, shot the show, edited from ten o'clock at night till six o'clock in the morning, put it out, went to went to work at ten o'clock in the morning again, like pouring my heart and soul into this shit, 
And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when they give you a copyright ban or they ban you for suggested, uh, you know, subject content, it completely it's mm-hmm. what I'm the point I'm trying to make is so fucking unstable is because people are literally yeah. trying to use YouTube as a monetary means to maybe, uh, you know, share their comedy, share their politics and make some money on the side. But once that started getting out, they wanted to shut that shit down as soon as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, just to just to go back a bit. Um, so, yeah, uh, YouTube, you know, it's a private company. They can essentially do whatever the hell uh, they like. And we can't do anything about it because, sadly, they hold a monopoly. Uh, there's no, you know, there's these little alternatives to YouTube, such as Vidme, BitChute, um, and, you know, things like LiveLeak, uh, et cetera, et cetera, that, you know, that are sort of popping up uh, and, and sort of springing into life as alternatives because YouTube is getting pretty... Uh, pretty terrible it's you know it's in its 1984 stage right now but once again youtube is the most popular thing nothing else is as organic as youtube if you want to hear a song or watch you know a video you're going to go on youtube you're not going to go on vidme as your first choice if you're you know if you're the average person so that's a big problem the fact that you know there's one kind of content and one kind of sort of uh, ideological stream that's acceptable on youtube but everything else is unwelcome. Everything else is banned. Everything else is censored. And um, and the worst part is that you yeah, can't I mean, you, you can't get in touch with anybody. You ever, you ever try to call YouTube? Yes, YouTube, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You, you're, you're like the janitor Just picks Google. up, the, you know, and then he's like, "Hello," yeah. you know. It's like, "Yeah, hi." I'm talking about my YouTube channel. He's yeah. like, "I'm I the mean, janitor. What you, the fuck do you I, want?" When you when you contact YouTube, you know, even when you speak to partner support, sure, you're speaking to a real person, but this person is. Uh, you know, Kirpal somewhere in India or somewhere in Pakistan, you know, who has no idea what the hell is going on. They're just being outsourced as, as a member of Google and they're just being told what to do. So it's very hard to, it's very hard to get in touch with someone. And at the same time, they don't offer any reasoning for anything. You know, if you're going to remove a, a, a video based on, you know, the violation of some community guideline, at least have a system or some kind of protocol where you explain which part of that video uh, is violating the community guidelines. If you tell me my whole video is, is you know, is, is, is hate speech, well, then that's complete bullshit. So at least have, you know, have, have it be more detailed because the responses that you get from YouTube are so vague that you can never, ever know exactly what the problem is and, and how to fix it and how to avoid it in the future. So, Slav, let me ask you a question. Now, you're a guy who's been, uh, you know, boots on the ground with a lot of these protests and a lot, you know, you've seen a lot of these these cultural dynamics on either side of the line. And, mm-hmm. you know, I used to be a very liberal guy myself when I was younger. And as I've grown older, mm-hmm. I've, I've gotten a little bit more conservative. Like Churchill said, if you're not a liberal when you're younger, you have no heart. And if you're not a conservative when you're old, you have no brain. But do you <laughs> think that with this, this crazy hyperbolic liberalism that's taking place in North America right now and a lot of parts of Europe as well, where people are just going mm-hmm. completely off the rails, and it seems like it, it seems like it, an almost a, a certain level of entitlement to everybody's personal whims. Do you think that they're winning, or do you think that 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 element in society right now is catalyzing a shift towards a more conservative nature in certain generations that are seeing this and saying something's not right here? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, they're saying that uh, Generation Y is going to be. Uh, the most conservative generation yet. And I think that's, that's for good reason. You know, we see this sort of uh, trend of conservatism, pop- uh, popularism, 
sorry, and uh, conservatism, you're just generally swiping, sweeping, sorry, all across the world. And, uh, you know, we're seeing more and more people sort of waking up and questioning everything around them. And I think platforms like YouTube, uh, you know, which which are deliberately doing, you know, this kind of censorship are in fact going to push a lot of people, you know, who are even left-leaning centrists or complete liberals to realize that, you know, that things are getting ridiculous. Because, I mean, with the censorship stuff, you have your average, uh, you know, neutral, normie gaming channels getting shut down as well for absolutely no reason. So when these things start to happen to... Uh, to people on the other end of the sort of political spectrum, well, then it becomes problematic. Then all of a sudden, it's, you know, it's affecting everyone. It's not just right. affecting people on the right. So people start to, to question things. People start to question their free speech, etc., uh, etc. Et and that's why, that's why this push is sort of happening right now to, to, uh, towards, towards the right. Like, you well, know, like they say, conservatism is the new counterculture. And I really think that's true. Uh, simply because, uh, you know, things are where they are today with these with these liberal governments, whether it's in North America or, you know, across Ger- across Europe in Germany, Sweden and France. Uh, you know, people are getting sick of, of, of big government and and their and their failed policies. Well, you literally stole the, the sentence out of my mouth is that, you know, conservatism conservatism is going to be the counterculture because. You know, like, I always say this, like, what happened to the fucking days where it was the kids against the administration? You know, like, you grew up, every college movie that you saw, it wasn't like students joining with professors to go protest. It was like, fuck Mm -hmm. the administration, fuck the school, we're going to party, we're going to get nuts, you know, and and that was the deal. Nowadays, it's like they, they literally text messaging their professors, like their friends, you know that that whole zone is great, and now what these professors try to do in these li- in these liberal universities, mm-hmm. Slav, you just got a lot of background exactly. noise. Slav, you got a lot of background oh. noise. No, no, I can still hear you perfectly. Okay, no, we're just getting a lot of background noise, like a lot of jostling on our end. Okay, hold on one second. Yep. Is that better? Yeah, it's better. Okay. All right. Okay. So we'll just take it from the top. See, that's the thing is that kids at universities nowadays, it's not them against the administration anymore. Back in the day, it was kids wanted to party, fuck the school, blah, blah, blah. But now kids are like friends with their professors. So what happens is, is that this area gets grayed between these liberal professors who want these little like cult-like plebeians, you know, to do their bidding for them. Is, is that a lot of these guys now think that these professors, these liberal professors, think that they're a little bit above and that they have these followers so they can actually mm-hmm. affect people the way they think and they're actually indoctrinating all these kids that come through the universities at 18 years of age when you're a freshman in college you're a little vulnerable. You're a little, and you see this adult or you see this professor that, and at 18, I always thought that the fucking professor behind the desk had to have his shit together. We didn't know that he was huffing paint in his fucking car right, right. in the parking lot, and he's got <laughs> and he's got three ex-wives, you know, that we didn't yeah. know what was going on, and he was had a happy hour until about 2 o'clock in the morning last night, but that's neither here nor there. The counterculture is going to be conservatism, because kids are going to be fed up with this PC culture bullshit, and they're going to fucking come back they're going to realize it's not even whether they have a choice they're going to realize it doesn't work it's going to be a failed ideology like like some element of communism or or overt socialism in a sense that you know look at one i remember being a kid and i went to i was a soccer player right and i went my dad one day is like we're going to get a trophy tonight we're going to the trophy and i'm like i got a trophy but then i thought to myself i was like well maybe everybody else is just a lot crappier 
And then I got there, and there were just tables of trophies. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Like, you're wasting my time with this? Yeah. And the point I'm making is, like, people, these, these younger generations have been cajoled so much to believe that everything they do is great. So now, no matter what they do, they expect to be validated and compensated. And the one thing I learned yeah. that I realized is, you know, you hear this saying all the time, it's not whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game, right? No, it's whether you mm -hmm. win or lose. I mean, if you're going out That's there to try to get some food, I mean, the lion's got to eat. The lion can't come back to the den and be like, listen, I didn't get a zebra, but, you know, I really gave it my all. Yeah. And, uh, That's it. That's and don't it. fat shame me, please. Yeah. You know, imagine, imagine, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad the guys in World War II didn't have that mentality. Listen, we didn't beat the Nazis, but we really, went, we really was, gave it our best shot. There was this guy who came down to the bar the other day, and, he, and he's got a 91-year-old father, and he was in World War II. And we were talking about Sandy because of this hurricane that was coming up in Houston, so we're bullshitting. Mm -hmm. And he goes, uh, so he goes, yeah, so I check on my old man. I live up in Massachusetts. He's down here on Long Island. And he goes, uh, he goes, pop, he goes, you got no, you know, you got no electricity. You know, why don't you uh, go down to the house in Florida, come up and see us, you know, and just chill out for a little bit. He goes, we didn't have electricity when we fought the Krauts. I'll be fine. The guy's 91. See, this is the, and I told this guy on the spot, I go, this is the fucking problem with our society. Society should be more like your old fucking man. Now, what yep. I hear a lot of people say is because I'm a bartender, so I get a pretty good spectrum of age and different people's perspectives, and I hear it all the time. What's with these kids nowadays? What's with these kids nowadays? So I just went to this one guy because I got really bad news the other day. I'm a millennial. <laughs> I, it's from 82 to 2000. I was born in 83. Dude, I was like, uh, 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 I started having the dry heaves. What's before that? I don't fucking know. I got too depressed and turned off my computer. So I go to this guy. I go, you know what? I go, that's great. I keep hearing this, but who's raising the kids to be like this? The baby doomers. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. That's it. it so that's who it. the fuck raised these kids to be like this? And I understand. If you look back in history, you look at either uh, the Mongols, the Romans, blah, 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 down the fucking line, what happens? They start off as peasants, then they get they take power, then they get really fucking comfortable. You know, like Mongolians, they started off with field mice jackets. That's how poor they were, is that they would find field mice and make mm -hmm. jackets out of them. Then the, when uh, yep. Genghis Khan died, he handed it off to his sons. They fought for the scraps, and they were too spoiled. So what happens in this fucking society, dude? We are the softest society right now, or one of the softest societies. <clears throat> I see it because I'm in the epicenter. I don't know how it is. When I went down to Tennessee, it didn't seem so soft. People seemed a little more genuine. Texas, yes. those kind of guys get a little more salt of the a, earth. Not Here, you know, people will watch you die in the street and not touch you because mm -hmm. they can get sued. In New York. And I'll tell you, I, that's one of the things I blame is this over-litigious nature of our, of our modern society where everybody gets... I think that's the basis of political correctness because everybody's suddenly afraid of litigation. So nobody says anything or does anything or wears anything or goes anywhere or, or looks at anybody the wrong way because mm -hmm. they might get sued for some hyperbolic amount of money, you know, for quote-unquote damages and pain and suffering. Uh, yo, Slav, so give us a little uh, Antifa update. What's going on with those fucking knuckleheads? Uh, I will just just to uh, just to sort of reflect on what you guys were saying. Yeah. So I mean, the reason that, that we're, we're essentially raising this generation of pussies today uh, is because is because we've become uh, a nanny society. Essentially, we, we've we've developed these nanny states where the government uh, is is so big that it's literally involved in every single aspect of your life, and people have gotten used to this. They now think that uh, you know everything they do should be backed up and by the government and that they should receive government benefits for everything and this all transcends into you know uh daily life where you 
where you're expected to be, uh, where, where you believe actually that, that you're a winner no matter what. So even the losers nowadays think that they're winners or, you know, they, they say, like you said, that winning isn't important and that everyone is simply the same. But we can't ignore the fact that this isn't true and the fact that, you know, winners will always be winners and losers will always be losers. And that's what's pissing these people off today is that, you know, a lot of people are winners and they're essentially losers. Now, uh, in, terms of, uh, in terms of Antifa, um, I mean, I've been away for a month and a half, so I wasn't able to attend any, any rallies or anything up here. But from what, I, from what I'm seeing and hearing, it's kind of dying down up here. Uh, I know that, you know, uh, in Charlottesville, Antifa was quite crazy uh, last month. And I generally think that uh, the left is becoming more and more radicalized, more and more violent uh, every single day. So the Antifa as an organization itself has kind of cocooned and gone from, you know, these, these sort of pansies and pussies to, to these, uh, these, these violent people. Now, uh, where that's going to go, we're going to see if any action is going to be taken by the government to, uh, to prosecute them is, you know, a question that, uh, that remains open. But I, I think that they're just going to get uh, more and more violent because they're able to get away with it and with, without any sort of repercussion. You know what the thing is, is that, you know, hey, listen, man, I think they should be able to protest as long as it's peaceful. Well, of course. As long as it's, it's on right. the curb, as long as it's not getting in, throwing cans, fucking destroying property, doing all that shit. I completely agree with the fact that they should be able to protest. They should be able to speak mm -hmm. just like those fucking assholes that wear the bed sheets over their fucking heads, the KKK. You know, just like those fucking assholes, you know, they should be allowed to protest and they should be allowed to speak their minds. I don't fucking agree mm -hmm. with what they say, but guess what? That's under the Constitution of the United States. That's what makes me a libertarian, not a liberal, a libertarian. Mm -hmm. I think anybody should be able to speak their mind. Sticks and stones may break my fucking bones, but words will never hurt you. Guess what? Mm -hmm. My father used to say to me, if you want sympathy, look it up in the dictionary at a very young age. And I learned that maybe it calloused me a little bit, but you know what? I came out a lot. I came out a lot fucking tougher because my father did tell me that. And you know what? When I got off the field from playing lacrosse and I didn't play my best game, my dad would let me know it. You go, you know what? You could have done better today. And instead of coddling me, and I'd be pissed off sometimes, and you know, but I would be like, you know what? On the way home, I'd be like, you know, he's hitting me with the truth, and that made me strive to be a better athlete. So instead of relying on my parents blowing smoke up my asshole and saying I'm the best and going home and eating Fritos and playing video games, what did I do? I took my lacrosse stick. I took that ball and I hit it off a wall for fucking three hours until my hands hurt. And I got better and better and better. And that's what you do in life. Because, you know, me and Tony are comics, dude. And, you know, hey, listen, every fucking show we do isn't the Chris Rock show. It's, yeah, it's, but, you, know, you can say that about a thousand times. And you time. suck dick on stage sometimes, too. But guess what? Every fucking mm -hmm. failure... Just makes you come back even harder, and it's like a fuck you. How about that? I mean, yeah, you, go, you go sit in the corner absolutely. of the bar that night for a little while. But well, yeah, you're allowed to <laughs> you're allowed to lick your you're allowed to lick your wounds. But then you get it's, it's like it's like first you're hurt a little bit, like at the place, you know, and then you're like fuck you, man. You're like when your when your big brother hits you and you start to cry and like yeah. and fight. Yeah, fuck you, man. And he can't even control it. Yeah. But then after that comes the <laughs> anger, Tony. That's when I stick the middle finger up. The best, the worst is though when you have like a shit set and you come off stage and you're just like. Man, I'm 37 years old. I'm bombing at open mics. Yeah. This is where it is, huh? Yeah. This is what it's you're come the, to. You're huh? at the fucking Sizzler. And they're like, yeah. order up. And Tony's like, man, boy, are my arms tired. I just flew in. A girl sits down next to you. She doesn't even say anything. You're like, listen, don't even waste your time. Don't even just waste your going. time. keep going. 
So Slav, so sure. what is um what is the answer to YouTube? Um, what I mean, you you mentioned a few before, and actually, I signed up for a um, it's called uh, Steamit.com. And what mm -hmm. Steamit.com is? Have you ever heard of it? Sounds familiar. Sounds what, familiar. What they did sure. was they they gave out a limited amount of accounts. So it's a it's a cryptocurrency YouTube. So mm -hmm. what you do is you get an account. I got an account on it, and you you post videos. And what people do is they use Steemit dollars. So they use their actual monetary means when they upvote you. So say if they like you. So on YouTube, somebody likes you. What happens? You just see that number go up, and you. Yeah. What happens on this is that money goes in your pocket. Hmm. So they have mm -hmm. a currency of their own. It's called Steemit dollars. That's a new thing. It's happening. Then you transfer it into Bitcoin. And then you take Bitcoin mm -hmm. and you transfer it into cash. So I think you're starting to see this trend. That's why I jumped on the account so quick because they're not giving any other out. But that's mm -hmm. the thing is, is that this is where you're going to start seeing it going. It's independence in this. Like anything else, everything you're starting to see it with technology is that independence and freelance work and doing your own thing and, and monetary independence is going to be a thing of the future because they can't whack all these moles, you know, like Uber mm -hmm. popped up, you know, it's like medallions in New York uh, City used to call cost $235,000. The literal price of a, a medallion has plummeted since Uber came around because what happened instead of paying $20 for a taxi and having a sketchy homeless guy drive you around now it's a clean car that they know you're getting picked up when you're getting picked up and you're actually going to get that destination without being in the fucking trunk from some a crazy uh, taxi driver and it's about $8 cheaper that's called enterprise right. so I think YouTube just like the kids with the counterculture of the libertarians are uh, going to be conservatives I think you're going to see a blowback on YouTube because people are going to start mm -hmm. taking their ball and going fucking home. Right. And, you know, like, um, of course. And, and, and that's the only way that you can. But, I mean, the thing is, is YouTube's so fucking big. It's Skynet in, mm -hmm. in Terminator. But is this. Yes. Let me ask you this question now. Is this now we're in the age of the Internet. I mean, I, when I was younger and I'm old as can be. So when I was younger, they didn't even have we, the Internet was not a thing you had. We didn't even have a computer in the house. So that was not a common thing you saw. Mm -hmm. My father brought home a computer one time. And I was like, what's that? And he told me. And I was like, how much did you pay for that? And he told me, I was like, you're a sucker. I'm like, this is never going to take off. Tony's four. He's like, dad, you're a sucker. I'm like, you buy me take a slush it. puppy. So, but now it's like the, the internet is everywhere. And here's the point I'm making. So you look at a construct like YouTube or Google where you can get a lot of information up front. You know, Google, you can find a lot of information. YouTube, you can see a lot of videos that are uploaded. Do you think that mm -hmm. we're seeing this, this sort of hyperbole of people being, you know, outrageous and, and rude and, and hate-filled and... and inflammatory do you think that's a trend that's on an upward tick or do you think that for the first time in our species history consequent of the fact that we're f able for the first time we're seeing the true you know the true median of human nature mm -hmm. well uh i i think that you know with with the internet and all the freedoms that it provides people are generally more open to uh you know to seeing different things and sort of putting forward uh various ideas and things that you know they they wouldn't they wouldn't usually say or that they would say you know within their groups of friends or in the privacy of their living room so we're getting a whole bunch of you know new ideas new concepts new commentary that we've never heard before but uh, the thing is you know that it doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that all of this is taboo or that it's negative or that it's bad in any way i just think that you know now that there's so many platforms for people to express themselves on that this sort of transition 
into this openness is is very natural. So, uh, now, when it when it comes when it comes to YouTube, uh, you know, even even these sort of edgy channels that YouTube really doesn't like, uh, they're still they're still generating you know millions of views. They're still bringing in thousands of subscribers and and you know millions and millions of dollars to YouTube and to Google. So what? Why would you know? Why would YouTube go out of their way to delete these channels if if they're bringing in so much money? Uh, I mean, why not just make you know a separate section of YouTube for for these more you know edgy videos if if it's such a big right. problem? A fantastic you know, point. Why 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 completely why completely take them off when you can as a company still generate a lot of profit? Because Slav, you're making too well, much sense. You 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 you're literally making too much sense for well, them to do let's that. Let's also consider Google does not need your fucking million viewers. <clears throat> Google is more money than they need than they don't need your money. Well, they about, do. It's not about profit. They right needs now. to feed the I mean, they have, They're making Tony. so much money. <laughs> feed Google. They're not like you know. We got to find a way to make another sixty grand um, a month. Google, give me more. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. So uh, <laughs> it doesn't uh, necessarily. It doesn't necessarily. You know, need my hundreds and thousands of views or my little videos that make you know that hit fifty thousand views. That's. I mean, that's nothing at the end of the day. You know, to me or you, it's a big deal. To them, obviously, it's it's not. But you have to think about it. Like on YouTube, there's quite a big community of, uh, you know, if you want to call it skeptics or people with with alternative commentary who who are bringing it, who are you know who 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 on average you know get a million views a day. Like someone like Sargon of Akkad, he's a good example. You know, he's someone who uh, you know I don't want to say that he's necessarily edgy because he's more sort of uh, objective. And you know, looks to dismantle um, uh, you know uh, ideological nonsense, yada yada yada. But you know, he he he's he's you know he he has you know I, I don't know millions and millions and millions of views on YouTube. So why would YouTube you know mess with channels like this? Why would they demonetize his channel? Why would uh, you know why would he get banned on Twitter if he has such a big audience? Because YouTube eats anything so it money. wants. It that's my new impersonation, yeah. I think. It's YouTube, and I'll eat what I want and do what I want. <laughs> you post something, Slav, I'll eat it. No, but you make a great point, Slav. And yeah. if that's the case, if it's not about the money, let's put the money aside for a second and consider it you know, mm -hmm. sans any kind of finance. Is there then some form of cultural eugenics and social eugenics at work here where they're trying to engineer an idealist society that they want to see as opposed to, like I was saying before, the realist society and the real view into human nature as what it is. It's like Demolition Man. It's the people who live above ground are like murder, death, kill, and they don't curse. And then the guys below ground are like Dennis Leary who smoke butts and eat cheeseburgers. Yeah, and this is one of my big problems with liberalism. Mm -hmm. It's like these people just seem to be completely polarized towards idealism and they just see the world the way they want and they pay no regard to realism and the way the world is they're going to be the first the ones there but guess what if you think about this is we always like kind of complain that we're in like liberal central being in new york and taxed and i used to be one i, I don't know what, if you were uh, no i, would, I was like, i used dude, to be I was very like, liberal i was I like michael than i am now i was like michael j fox from family ties i was actually more conservative when i was eight than i am now you know like I was mm -hmm. like I've been a Republican. I was Bob Dole in a mock debate in sixth grade. I mean, I held the pen and everything, you know, with a bad hand. Right, right. So yeah, you know, so I've been there since day one. But uh, <laughs> I just got I just got completely lost in that Bob Dole thought. Bob Dole. Bob Dole Bob here. Bob Dole's lost in it. Bob Dole here. Um, so you're back. You're back up and running, right, Slav? 
Uh, yeah. Uh, so what happened was, um, it's, it's actually, it's really strange. So my channel was gone, uh, I believe, since the 25th of August. And I was fucking pissed. First of all, I mean, I knew, I mean, I knew something like this was going to come and that it was a possibility, but I was pissed uh, because I lost such a, you know, big network of people. I had close to 110,000 subscribers oh, when the shit. channel went down. Yeah, and I mean, I built that up over, you know, six, over the course of six months. So my channel really grew quite nicely for a channel. Slav, yeah, Slav don't worry, because our six, our yeah, six yeah, few yeah. listeners will be uh, jumping onto your bandwagon. Soon. Yeah, yeah, Slav, don't worry about it. We'll give you a bump of uh, 11 guys. But listen, <laughs> um, <laughs> what the thing is, is a, just think about this. If, if you want to feel a little bit better, okay? Um, mm -hmm. You know the old saying, it's, it's like, it's better to have loved than never... Well, what's it? What is it, Tony? Of course, it's, he wants to feel better. He's talking to the two of us. It's yeah. It's what is the saying, Tony? It's, it's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. Exactly. So my point, my long winded, my long winded point here is that we've had a YouTube channel for three years. It was uncomfortable mm -hmm. couch, right? It was called, and was we would uncomfortable. pour our fucking heart out into this thing, <laughs> and you get like hundred and twenty five hits. So just think about this. You have an audience right now. If you have one hundred ten thousand subscribers, now what do you think about this? Do you think it's good to stay on that channel since you might be in algorithm hell after getting demonetized or getting uh, del not deleted, but just getting uh, all those copyright infringements? Do you think you're going to be in algorithm hell now and you should start a new channel because people are going to flock to it even quicker now that you got banned? A great question. Right. So, so check this out. Check this out. So I was banned for I was banned for two and a half, three weeks. At the time I was banned, someone, uh, you know, a bunch of people tweeted out about it. Paul Joseph Watson tweeted about it, and a, uh, you know, a bunch of other people uh, in in the sort of community uh, tweeted out to YouTube about the channel. Now, at the time, someone had actually reached out to me on Twitter. Um, someone, I, I I can't remember what their Twitter is now. This guy said that he's going to help me get my channel back, and I was, of course, I I, I didn't know who this guy was. I was completely skeptical. And essentially, he just said, send me, you know, the, the links of all the videos that went down, uh, the reasons for the takedowns, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, without any optimism, I just sent him this information, not thinking much of it. And lo and behold, I wake up today and I go on Twitter and I have a, a private message from him saying that my channel has been reinstated. Who I go check guy? my email. Sorry? Who was this gentleman? Uh, let me look him up right now. Uh... And you... So his name is his name is Ben on Twitter, and it's uh, his, his his Twitter uh, handle is Trusted Flagger. So at Trusted Flagger. Huh. And this guy, this guy, it seems he he's gotten a lot of channels back up on YouTube. A lot of you know conservative right leaning channels. Maybe so he's behind the maybe he's behind enemy lines at the Google headquarters. Who knows? Who knows? I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you know, I thanked him. I, I can't believe my channel's up because YouTube had rejected my appeal to get my channel up. So I thought it was dead and gone. I created a new channel uh, a little bit later, which was, you know, very slow on, on the traction and on the subscribers and everything. But all in all, this channel is up. They even reinstated the, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter video, which was, which was the, the first video to go down. And uh, he advised me that he's... Uh, that he's trying to get another strike removed right now. So I'm going to give it a few more days. Uh, I'm not going to be posting anything until I can see if that second strike can be removed just to, you know, not play with fire. And then I'm going to start 
uploading regularly, and I'll have, <clears throat> pardon me, that second channel as a backup channel as well. Now, at this point, I mean, once I lost the channel, obviously I was pissed that I lost that network. And then I, I started uh, posting on, on Vidme, BitShoot, and all these other... Slav. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry to cut you off, but why don't you try to contact uh, Post jo uh, Paul Joseph Watson and try to get on the Alex Jones show with this story? Well, I did. I, I, I messaged Paul Joseph Watson the night my channel went down, and then he tweeted about it. He actually made several big tweets. I can, I can send you those, you know, if you want it for this video. Uh, so he made several big tweets to YouTube. I don't know if those were, you know, uh, I, I don't know if those played any part in this, considering that, you know, he has hundreds and thousands of people following him on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that he tweeted directly at YouTube, I don't know if that helped. Yeah. Uh, but in any case, my channel, my channel is back up right now. It's, it's been reinstated. Oh, great. I still have two strikes. And if I, if I lose that one strike, I'll definitely start uploading uh, regularly. If not, I'm just going to put everything on private and wait until the strikes expire in October, and then I'll be back because I just don't want to lose, right. uh, you know, this, this big network of people. And uh, at the same time, you know, it's, it's it's quite a good platform for me to be to be posting on. Well, so, I, th I think uh, this would be a blessing in disguise for you, dude. This could this is you know, and this is the best publicity you could have got. Is that because if I hear a guy got banned from YouTube, I'm checking his videos out immediately. And it's like I'm like, why did this guy get banned? Yeah, and it's like George Carlin right. said. Listen, if you see something on TV you don't like, they have they have a, a countermeasure against that. It's called the remote. You pick it up, and you change the channel. You yeah, know exactly, and and that's the thing nowadays. You know, people, it's this, um, it's this selective social outrage that people have on what should and what shouldn't. Everything should, you know, it's it's so fucking unbelievable that these people that preach. Uh, diversity and, mm -hmm. and everyone gets a fair bite of the fucking cake and all they do is discriminate and divide and classify at every fucking turn and Slav I have a feeling that you are doing a great job uh, trying to put an end to that Thank bullshit you. and you have a great great channel Squatting Slav TV um, if you guys haven't been to his shit yet check it out it's a must watch and uh, every time he comes on the show <laughs> he's, an, he's an unbelievable guest as always um, not to mention he, uh, we've mentioned before, he, if he dies, he dies. Um, Ivan Drago stunt double pretty much. Yeah. A younger version, a uh, dark-haired version of Ivan Drago, though. You've got, you've got Antifa, now you've got Antitifa. Yo, by the way, I got another question for you. Is everyone as big as you in Serbia? Because, like, I saw you some of your pictures on Facebook, you partying out at the clubs. They're, they're growing big in Serbia, huh? I don't know, man. Holy hey, uh, shit. Yeah, you know what? It's funny we're 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 a, a fucking tall people. We're we're really tall. Like our chicks, our chicks are fucking tall and I love that, and dude. dark and everything. Oh, I don't. I, I, I couldn't believe it. how many. I can't believe how many gorgeous girls there are down there. I was literally breaking my neck this summer. Oh so my everywhere god! I, I want to marry a giraffe. There's, there's, there's these gorgeous ladies, but we're yeah we're we're fucking big guys. It's 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 very strange. Like literally, like the average height is like six something. If I wanted to pick up a woman in uh, in Serbia, I would have to go bring a uh, step stool. Yeah, Eric and I look like somebody shaved two lemurs. I'm about five. You'll need, you'll I'm need a ladder. You'll need a ladder. <laughs> I'm five foot seven on a good day. See that? That's what always scares me, though. Is when he I go, models for trophies. When I uh, actually I have a modeling agency uh, account with Baby Gap. But listen, the thing is, is that every every time I go to a strip joint, it's um, the Russians come up behind me, and she's about six foot three, and I'm. I'm sitting yeah. on a stool and she's towering over me. And she's like, "Give you a massage, no?" And I'm like, "Please, don't hurt Vetlana. me." Vetlana from Russia. Yeah, the law. Eric actually has an action figure Vetlana in the market. The box is actual size. 
I actually, I actually fit in the box that I come in. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, this is coming from the guy that's five foot eight. Yeah, I know. I do backflips under the bed. Me, me, and I think uh, me, uh, Tony on my shoulders is as big as Slav. Yo, Slav, thanks for coming by, man. I yeah, really man, appreciate great to hear it. from you as always. So, hey, no problem, guys. Uh, I look, I look forward to speaking with you guys again, obviously in the future, and uh, great, great hearing from you again, obviously. Yeah, keep up the good fight, man. Yeah, dude, keep up the good work. Likewise, we'll... likewise, dudes. Looking forward to the new channel. All right. We'll not go quietly into that good night. Yeah, man. We will fight. Yeah, we, we will fight on our little podcasts. <laughs> yeah, we, we will fight on the internet. <laughs> yeah. We will not give up our comedy. We will not get banned because what's, what's it's either this or I wear a trench coat and show my cock at the mall. Well, so let's hope this works out. Yeah, let's hope this. Let's, let's, let's hope. Let's hope. The mall just locked out, the door. Yeah. I heard <laughs> the, there's an Amber Alert at the fucking mall right now. All right, so, uh, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Hey, cheers, guys. Talk soon. Later, Later bud. Dude. Take care. Much love. So there you go, the Slav. Yeah, man, always a pleasure. Slav back, dude. That guy's always good. Yeah, people, he's man. always intriguing. Shit was a motherfucker too. Yeah, I like talking with him because he seems like he has his head screwed on the right way. Well, yeah, well, because <laughs> that's what everyone says that has the same uh, point of view as right, us. Well, you know, you know, even liberals say, you know what? You know, he seems like he's got his head on right. You know, you know. Hey. But uh, and guys, get your fucking head on right. Go check out Loose Cannon Comics. Yeah. Instagram, Facebook, fucking anywhere. YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. Ouija shit. Boards. Th this should be good. For our first YouTube uh, video that we're going to release. Always, it's always enjoyable. It's you know? shitting on YouTube the whole time. Well, you know, I don't think it's really shitting on them, to be fair. Because I think you, if this, is the, see, this, is, this is touching on some of the problems, too. I'm YouTube. That anytime you have an open discussion about something where there's a negative thing, or a potentially negative thing, or a blemish highlighted, yeah. somebody says, oh, you're shitting on it. Well, we're not really shitting on anything. We're just discussing an event that took place and trying to get some insight into the basis for it. We're just talking here. Right. And that's, that's I mean, again, it becomes the enemy of open discussion when somebody says, well, you have an alternative viewpoint, so you're, you know, you're a dissident. or you're, And you can see how that translates to a political dynamic when that's how they start, you know, suppressing yep. dissidents. Yep. All right, guys. Well, dissidents, your fucking face off this podcast, and we're going to probably post uh, two podcasts a week. Uh, there's going to be voicemails. There's going to be prank calls. There's going to be people, my next-door neighbor, Scott from down the block, coming in, Cokehead Dad interviews. There's going to be a lot of shit that you guys can catch. There's going to be commercials on here from our advertisers that are zany advertisers that Taters gets from all over the place, and you're going to be able to laugh twice a week right here with us, guys, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Bye. Well, the show's over, folks, but the part doesn't stop there. Go to Instagram at Loose Cannon Comics and check us out. Go to SoundCloud.com or your podcast function on your iPhone. Put in Loose Cannon Comics and get ready to laugh. Also, go to YouTube.com, Loose Cannon Comics. Subscribe to our show to laugh once a week, each week. We'll see you next time, guys. And remember, keep your dick out of the dirt.